Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Real Talk NYC Real Estate Podcast with John and Jonathan. Mr. Conlon. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. What are we going to talk about today? I've met a fantastic new couple through Real Talk, and they are in the process of beginning their search for a new home with me, which I'm honored about. But they also really, really, really would love to buy- they found us. They found us, but they called me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So they uh, would- they absolutely love the idea of renovating a home. God bless them. And I thought this is a perfect podcast topic to talk about the pros and cons of renovating and hopefully impart some very valuable information to my lovely uh, first-time buyers. And uh, so I, I think that for as many reasons there are to buy a home, which is the quote unquote diamond in the rough, it is incredibly important to have a buyer who is forewarned and really educated before they embark on the renovation. Because let me tell you, from renovating before a home outside the city, it is the number one reason for divorce. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, it could really, really cause yeah. serious it's havoc in a relationship. Heart. And it's for, not for the faint of heart. It's not for the faint of heart. For us being those real estate advisors, we have to set people's expectations. Absolutely. And listen, it, it is a big undertaking. It um, is. So we try to be uh, as open about it and as informative as we can, but there are really significant upsides to it as well. So it's if you if you have the stomach for it and the eye for it and the team in place to do it, it is uh, it can be a very fun and, and fulfilling thing to do and, right. and very rewarding. So some of the things we're going to talk about today are some of the legal considerations and, and things to think about before you even uh, jump in and steps you got to take, budgeting and financing, the resale value, what sort of the the outcome financially it looks like and then also putting together the team which you know is is a, a much needed piece which depends on how much you're doing etc but right in terms of the legal considerations and when we talk about the legal considerations we're also talking about the overall time frame of everything and the 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 red tape involved so to speak in terms of actually accomplishing what one wants to do in a renovation. So if you're buying particularly in a cooperative, which is you've got to apply to the board and get all of your ducks in a row in order to basically close. So we're looking on the short end of things around 60 days to close. Then buyers sometimes can think automatically upon owning the apartment that they can just go in and start, you know, hammering away, hammering away. And that is not the case. So what we will do is if there is that lag time between contract signed to closing, we will then work with the buyers to be able to bring their quote unquote team of people in to be able to assess the situation, get quotes, get their ducks aligned in terms of an alteration agreement for their work, the scope of their work, so that upon closing, they're able to submit their plans to the cooperative board because the co-op attorney or the uh, co-op architect, the, the building architect, the attorneys, everyone must review that alteration agreement. Depending on what's being done. That is correct, the scope of work. Now, if they are looking to do a minor amount of renovation, sanding of floors and painting, that is excluded. But what we're talking about are more in lines of doing bathrooms, kitchens, yeah. electrical work. Especially if you're trying to move stuff around in the apartment, wet stuff in particular, you yes, know, sir. kitchens and bathrooms, you want to expand the footprint or move a kitchen a bit. Right. You it gets have complicated. permitting and building approvals uh, through the DOB, and the scope of work needs to be approved 
all of that takes time. Yeah. So you are talking on the low end of things, I would say a couple of months, and sometimes regarding these building permits, it could be three, four months before you're even ready to begin your work. Yeah. Am I correct on that? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And it, it, of course, the scope of work matters, but we're we're thinking more along the lines of doing a full a renovation. A full-blown renovation you know, you're, of it. You're going down to the studs, so to speak. You're doing electrical. Maybe you got to bring extra electrical up to the apartment yeah. to accommodate things like central AC or other uh, electrical components, et cetera, that you want to add to the apartment. Absolutely. And the one tricky thing here is that you can't submit the plans to the condo or the co-op until you close. Until you close. So, right. and that, that adds the co-op adds another layer there because people even have, because there's always that little birdie on the, on the shoulder that you might get rejected by the board. People don't want to devote a lot of time and energy and and hope into what are we going to do with the renovation until they know that they have it. So sometimes that stands in the way so that people can't. I mean, for years and years, we were telling clients, listen, you what you want to do in order to truncate the time is submit that application for renovation the day you close, because closings are typically in the managing agent's office for a co-op, um, but then drop it off for a condo five or six years ago, where I would tell all of my clients, like, this is what you want to do. But let me tell you, nobody that we've ever worked they with has do ever it. done and it. And then they call and say, say, oh my but, God, it's so long. We yeah. haven't even started our renovation <laughs> well, like, remember yet. Remember we talked about that? But but then I had one of one of our clients that bought in the Upper West Side with us and uh, and he did it. And he was so happy that he was the one to get it to be the first one of our clients that actually turned in the application to do the renovation right after. That's but great. Now I've had actually, I had a second had, person do it and I know yeah. you have. Yeah, so I've had people That is it. the goal, but it is hard just psychologically in a co-op to like devote all this time and energy to doing plans, especially in a bigger renovation and hiring an architect. And, you know, like there's a lot of money involved in that with the thought that there's, there's always that little thought of the board rejection. So it totally understood. Okay. So we've talked about the, there's delays there. Yeah. Okay. And there's some things that could go into timing that can delay things like a like COVID or, well, <laughs> or COVID. that was nonsense. That yeah. was, that's, I'm just kidding around, but yeah, but you know, asbestos, sure. Yep. Asbestos. Some people have some sensitivities around, uh, lead paint. Some are work rules, which means that just to, to clarify what that means is summer work rules. A lot of these, especially in the park to fifth Avenue corridor, there will be buildings that say you can only do your heavy, loud construction stuff during the summer months when most people are away Memorial day to labor day loosely. So those, those feel like there are a lot fewer and farther between now. I think a lot of buildings have loosened up on that. And now how about money? Budgeting and financing. So it, it, it's important to have a, a very detailed budget when you go into these things, and it, but it's also very important that to know and to realize and be okay with there are going to be surprises. You know, some of these, especially when you get to the the pre-war buildings and you start opening up walls and you start, you know, maybe peeking behind the curtain that hasn't been looked behind for decades, and there's an issue that needs that really needs to be. Resolve. So there's there's one thing which is stepping into or or discovering something that really has to be addressed uh, functionally or by code or whatever, and then the other piece of it, which is the old snowball effect of, okay, well we were gonna just do this, but if we're gonna do this, 
we really should do that because it will really look weird if we have this brand new and that 40 years old. And it, and and also uh, just aesthetically, people like get into, oh, we forgot that, you know, the baseboards are not uh, are not great. So maybe it makes sense to just tear those off and put on new baseboards. Yeah, it probably does if they look like they've been caked on. You don't want that one thing. It becomes the focal point then when when you have it, when you sell it, when you have people come look at it. So both of those things will automatically you know, cost you money. Everything costs money here and a lot of it. So always go into, you know, I think they, they say uh, 25 to 50% overages, but it all just depends on how well you've planned things out Without and a the doubt. team you have in place. That's right. That's, so there are no surprises yeah. because a $100,000 budget could easily become a $200,000 to $250,000 budget. If you're naive, as you're saying, uh, because a team could easily say, well, if you're doing this, you may want to consider doing this. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And then it's another ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 later. One must have and be disciplined in terms of a level of budget. How much can you afford to spend and then prioritize what needs to be done in the home? It's one thing to have carte blanche on a on an open budget where you say, okay, now we're going to gut it studs and a million to $2 million renovation. But on a first-time buyer who's coming to a uh, with quote-unquote good bones of an apartment, and I think that our jobs as their trusted advisor to guide them on our expertise. Well, you know, when, when I started selling real estate in 1999 – you know what we said? Renovating 10, is- 10000 a bathroom? No, $100 a foot. $100, $100 a per foot. square yeah. foot to yeah. do a renovation. I was selling raw loft space in Tribeca. Right. $100 a foot <laughs> gets me my foot. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So yeah. now it's on average around $500 a square foot. If you can do it under that, which you can, yeah. $300, $300 a square foot. But, you know- Depends on what level of finish you want. Depends and on the level of finish that you yeah. want. And so you must be mindful of that. So- Again, assembling the right team to meet your budget is another thing because you may have, um, let's say, a $200,000 budget and the team that you're you're using, they're going to want to spend about 400 grand on your renovation. So there's always that discrepancy. Be disciplined and be clear on what it is that you have to spend. Yeah, most of these contractors that that are really good here in the city, they give you a very clear breakdown of... This is what we're going to do. Here's the associated cost. Yes, the, the sort of a menu of, and then you can pick and choose what makes sense if you're if you are running into budgetary constraints. It is always tricky, and they're they're you know it it the the price. Let's put it this way: the renovation cost never goes down. Never goes down. It's kind of like your maintenance and your common charges. They never go down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so there are some other costs that are out there that. Uh, one in particular that we wanted to mention, which is the the daily cost. So some of these buildings, maybe they don't limit you to summer work rules where you have to be memorial to Labor Day, but they'll say you have six months to do the renovation. And it doesn't mean that they're going to stop you at six months. But what that typically means is that they're going to start charging you either a daily or a weekly charge for every day or week you go over. And that can be an exorbitant cost. I mean, it can end up it can end up being a $10,000 bill every month to go on. I've seen $500 a day, I've seen $5,000 a week, you know, so it it can get climb it can climb very quickly. So being very cognizant of 
timing and such, maybe you hold off to actually let the hammer start hitting the wall until you really have a really good plan in place and you have the kitchen cabinets already in storage. You've got like everything ready to go in because even though holding it costs you more in the carrying costs for that time period, it's going to pale in comparison to if you go over the time limit that the co-op or condo puts, mostly co-ops who see uh, this sort of additional charge, but uh, it will certainly pale in comparison to those those charges typically. Correct. So, so uh, the, the moral of the story is uh, no... Know the overall costs, yeah. all the all the costs involved, and timing, yeah, and timing. If there's if they're time sensitive costs, you know. So the other thing to talk about is where do you spend your money? You know, let's just say it's not a full gut. Maybe you can salvage certain pieces of the apartment. You know, flipping apartments here in the city is not a thing. Transaction costs are too high. Construction costs are too high. So we don't want anybody listening to this to think, oh, I'm going to spend 50000 or $100,000 on my kitchen and I'm going to get you know, a hundred or 150,000 value out of that. And what we usually tell people is it helps with the liquidity of the asset. So it'll help it sell because renovated apartments always sell quicker than unrenovated apartments. Um, and usually at higher prices, but not, not a factor or an X factor above what they put into it. So where they want to spend money are either, uh, I always talk to uh, my clients, my buyers about if you can increase the functionality of the space. So if you can add a half bathroom, like a powder room, that's always a good increase. You know, if you have bathrooms only en suite to bed to bedrooms and you can add a half bath, we had that at, in a, in a recent uh, apartment. It's a big value adder. If you, Open the kitchen, which is much more desirable these days for most people, is opening the kitchen to the dining space, increasing the flow and the 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 layout of the apartment, even if it's just moving some closets around and stuff, just so it aesthetically appears much nicer, but also functions much better. You get better storage and such. Doing kitchens and bathrooms is always usually the place that people start and then stuff trickles down from there. We're going to do this. And then we're we have that. Uh, washers and dryers and air conditioning. Yep. Those are big value adders. Yeah. yeah. So if you can get away, especially if you have window AC units, do whatever you can to get away from those things. Yeah, pull them into the P-Tax through the wall air conditioning. Yeah, or central. Or central yeah. air conditioning if the building will permit it. And but the washer the, dryer, which is not an easy, you know, it's not, not an a cheap easy, fix. It's not a cheap fix, but it's also not it's not allowed in many buildings, the older buildings. You know, you just got to be kind of kind of cherry pick. And know, I just ones. priced one out for clients that bought in the Upper West Side, and they have a, they bought a very sizable one bedroom with us. Clients that have been with us forever. We priced out adding just a washer dryer does not exist. Space does not exist. Uh, like a you know, we had to build out a closet and kind of take some of the space out of the bathroom, and it was going to cost fifteen to twenty thousand dollars to just. That's get the washer dryer in there. Yeah. So it's not like you're only, oh, I'm buying a, you know, three or $4,000 unit and putting it there in a pan. No, you gotta, yeah, you gotta get through all the waterproofing and the safety things, et cetera. You get the approval of the building. You've got to file things, you know, it's, it's, it's much more involved in that. So, but going from an apartment without a washer dryer in it to an apartment with huge value huge add. and then the same thing with the air conditioning you know uh, central air conditioning can run you 
a minimum of a hundred grand, a hundred thousand dollars to get you to get it on a all, good sized apartment. Yeah, on a good sized apartment, and uh, then you, you between uh, all the permitting and the then the ducting and everything that goes involved in yeah. in uh, the central air conditioning. That's a huge feat versus the P tax, which are going to be less expensive. Yeah, you know, never they're going to be five to seven thousand. I would say each, probably would probably say yeah, seven maybe, to seven maybe to eight. seven yeah. to eight. If you have to, yeah, if the if the sleeves not there, that's correct. Through you got to cut it through the wall. Everything else, but yeah, for, for all intents and purposes, I used to say 10, four to five. Me too, but let's say like, like even seven to ten. Seven to ten thousand yeah. is a good range. And of course, for there's the a big range in the yeah. P tax in the unit itself. Like you can buy one of those for 2500 or 5000 so there's there's a range there and that de- depends on where you're going with it where the height of the windows are etc and the ac is a very important piece like especially if it's a central ac but you really want to go you want to get the hvac guy in there person in there to give you a very detailed cuz it so much depends on the layout of the apartment, the ceiling heights, et cetera, because there are a number of different options there that may be open to you, depending on the building's policies, that one way could save you a good amount of money. And frankly, PTACs have come a long ways. Those are the typical ones. They're heat and AC that go under the windows, just for to clarify. We talk about these things as if everybody knows right out of the gates, but those are what you many times see here in the city. And though there's benefits to having those as well. If they break, it's just the one unit. They can have each one of them on a separate thermostat. You know, it's come a long ways a, from a long what they way. used to be. Yeah. So, so there are other options. Definitely uh, cost perhaps, much more cost efficient than to do cost effective to uh, doing central. Yes. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about things that you would want to add value adders. But then we go to the flip side. Like, what are the some of the things that we would advise against? The number one thing that I would say is to advise against is going in the direction of fads or like, uh, you know, bright red marble in the kitchen, you know, these ostentatious ideas in terms of what they think looks great in a bathroom and you have everything with black marble and mirrors that does not look that's not going to sell well we always say we will use the expression not to offend anybody but bamboo floors or like a certain type of uh uh you know of a, of a trending kind of a fixture in an apartment hey it's look to it's it's nice to be to personalize the apartment but the more vanilla the more classic the more elegant one can be in a renovation the more power you're going to get in the apartment. But when you start really being specific and ostentatious in design, that is going to limit you when you go to sell the apartment. Yeah. We all, you know, listen, now the gray palette is very appealing for most. We went through a period where the brown palette was more, so brown cabinets or white, uh, you know, all just white, white, white. white yes. um, you have to it, like take but, your shoes off just to walk in the front yeah, door. Yeah, but Go like ahead. the bamboo floors, I remember those were in they style were, for like six months. And then- longer in the yeah, early 2000s. Yeah. They were the thing. It felt like they just feel dated, you know, very quickly. So there there are elements that, that come in and out of style very quickly. Take your take guidance from your real estate agents. Take guidance from 
you know, the architect or designer to a limit, you know, like you don't want to go crazy, like you said, ostentatious sort of things, because think of the general appeal. And I know some people walk in and they say, well, I'm going to be here forever. So I'm going to do what I want to do. Okay. But there's always limits to that. So it is just, it should at least be a discussion. And Listen, much like when we talk to buyers about, oh, well, this has a spiral staircase and and that's going to really limit your buyer buyer pool when you go to sell it for you, when we go to sell it for you down the road, whenever that may be, because we're going to be working still. As long as they go into it with eyes open, knowing that that's going to be the problem when they when that time comes. Okay, I mean, we're not here to tell you don't do this. We're here to say if you do this, this is one of the repercussions. Is right. that so? It, we're not saying that you. It's a. It's you know the worst thing you could do. Listen, you have plenty of money. You want to do exactly what you want to do. Do it. But if you do it, there is going to be a real risk there that when you go to sell it, the fads will change, and there's just going to be less people that are interested in taking on your style. Two things that you said, very important. B buyers who say, I'm going to live there forever. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. Life changes. Yeah. We, met, we met people who designed the most specific apartment we had ever seen in our entire life. And it is Moroccan themed. And, and now they're trying to sell it because of something happened in their lives with COVID. Hey, look, you know, you got to find that one buyer that wants to live in uh, Marrakesh. And the last thing that I would say is, if you accomplish that beautiful renovation that you set your mind out to, classic, elegant, maintain the apartment. We have been blessed with clients who have bought an apartment and who have lived in the apartment for five, seven, even 10 years, and we walk back into the apartment and it's as though they just renovated the apartment. They've maintained it beautifully. Maintain the apartment. Don't let the apartment slide where it's like, Okay, well, we have to do a redo before you list the apartment. That's one That's one bit of advice that I would give. Maintain yeah. it. Yeah, and the only other piece that I would add to that is if it's something that you're thinking about doing that you'd really like to do and it does fit in budget and it does fit in timing, do it before you move in. Oh, you know, definitely. Because like, you, you would be surprised, audience, if you... It, Almost, you know, it feels like half the uh, apartments that we go in and sellers that we meet, and they're like, oh, yeah, I really, when I bought it 20 years ago, I wanted to do that. And oh, I yes. just, then I moved in and life got in the way. And they never did it. And they never did it. You know, and that includes like a kitchen with a running sink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've had some interesting ones, but, but yeah, that definitely do it if you can, if it fits into your time and your budget. We always advise, listen, especially when it comes down to the main things like a kitchen or a bathroom, like do it before you get in there. Floors for, cer for certain, because floors, those are one of the things that are, are it's a real pain to do it once painting? you're moved in and it's an easy thing to do. Painting, and listen, the last point I would make on that is if you want to paint your, your whole apartment bright, crazy colors, go for it. That's temporary. You can always paint it very simply before you list it. But just know that that's what you're going to have to do. Understood. But that's easy. Don't put orange tile in the kitchen. Don't. Don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Just say no. Okay. All right. The last piece. Finding the right team. Finding the right team. So teams to take on these sorts of renovations. Again, we're talking about big gut renovations. Come in all 
different shapes and sizes. You have teams of people that say they're an architect, designer, and GC, a general contractor that will manage everything. So that's like an all-in-one, one-stop shop. We're going to take care of everything for you. Then you can go to like a GC or a contractor that's good, the people that are going to actually do the work. And maybe they have an architect that they have to just sign off on plans if the plans need to be done. If you're going to be renovating an apartment where you're changing walls and numbers of rooms and opening, you know, wet areas into different areas and such, you're going to need an architect. Um, so, and you want to have a good vibe with that architect and you want to be able to talk through your ideas with them and, right. and get good feedback. So trying to piecemeal the, the, the team together is a challenge. So if you can get to the all in one, it is going to be more expensive typically, yeah. but it can save you a lot of grief at the end of the day. And there, there is some minimizing of risk because Everything's being done in-house, so to speak. So everybody knows how everybody works. Everybody is pushing in the same direction. They all can talk behind the scenes. They all know how temperaments are and personalities are and, and, and tastes and such. We have had a number of people that have had hired a contractor and then separately an architect and they end up bickering or a designer and they end up... and you know, you should not have to act as the, the moderator between people that you're hiring to right. do the work. Correct. So you bring up a good point. And also when interviewing designers, architects, a lot of questions have to be asked, but also the cheapest is not necessarily the best. Yeah. Okay. And so I couldn't agree with you more. We have a client right now working and this is the last piece of the puzzle. I would say, well, yes, we are resources in terms of being able to provide vendors to the clients, but the building, the respective building may have design teams or architects or contractors who have worked in the building before that can save a, a tremendous amount of red tape and interview the contractors. We have, yeah. we work in some really fine uh, buildings on the Upper East Side or Upper West Side and downtown and go to the heart you know, go to the, the heart of the building, yeah, the especially the, the super. Yeah. So if the super has somebody, is a, the resident manager is a we will great resource to go to and say, do you have, have you had contractors in the building that have done a really good job and you like, and you've seen their work? Most of these resident managers or supers have some construction background. Without like they, a doubt. And they're there peeking in on these renovations constantly because they're protecting the building. Correct. And if they have somebody not only uh, that's following all the rules, et cetera, um, but also they have a rapport with already, it is invaluable when invaluable. it comes to these big renovations. Yes, but especially if it's your first time out, we always say, go to the building, ask the super. Definitely. So I hope that um, we've given uh, the audience um, some tools, uh, some information that's going to be relevant if they are considering a re renovation. I want to thank my new clients for uh, bringing the idea to the table. We're here to you know, answer any further questions. Yeah, as is in, in all the topics we talk about in real estate. There's lots of ins and outs and Definitely. different caveats nuances, yep. and nuances and such. So if you have further questions, reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you about it. And uh, for now, for now, in the meantime, be, be safe, be healthy, healthy and, and most remain in gratitude. Most, and most to, importantly, most importantly, and most importantly, gratitude. remain in gratitude. See you next time. Evening.
Thanks for watching or listening to the Real Talk NYC Real Estate Podcast. If you want to find us online or sign up to get our monthly and quarterly market stats, come on over to our website, gestaskaconlinteam.com. Or you can find us on all social media with the handle at Team. If this show was helpful, entertaining, or informative, consider telling friends and family or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time.